Welcome to What I Wish I Knew by Dental Head Start, your weekly mentoring session thanks to cpdjunkie.com.au. I'm David Keir and I'm joined with my fellow co-host and graduate, Dr. Bridget Wall. So Bridget, do you see many implants in private practice? Um, I, I see implants. I don't place them personally. Um, I have a, a dentist that I work with that does do a lot of implants though, so I can sometimes be, I guess, a bit of the first stop of that implant process. Yeah. What about yourself? I, I'm exactly the same. So I don't currently place implants. I'm on a journey to learning about this, but um, I don't place and I do see a fair amount of implants in my practice. So. Um, Assessing implants is something that's really important for me to understand and something that, although we did have a little bit of education around that at university, it wasn't um, overly thorough. And whenever I can pick up new information in that topic, I find it really, really useful. Um, How do you feel about assessing the implants that you see? Um, I, I feel the same. Like I've got some of those basic foundations of, you know, I can look at something and say, probably not going to be able to put an implant there. But in terms of the nuances, um, it's something that I think I'm, yeah, I'm learning every single time that I look at it. And I think it would be really useful to get some tips on some clear systems as to make that a lot easier for newer dentists. Absolutely. And that's why this episode, we've got Dr. Matthew Yusuf. And Matt is from ARIA Dental Education. They run implant courses and surgery courses. And um, he brings in some really high-end specialists to help train uh, the students. But Matt himself has done so much education in this area. He's got a lot to share. And this episode, we talk about assessing implants and ways you can see if things are going well or if things are perhaps not going as well as you'd like. So find out more from him at ariadentaled.com.au. I see a lot of implants in practice today. I think, you know, within a day, especially we have a hygiene department which has three hygienists going and we we would see implants at least three or four times a day. And so learning how to review implants or learning how to assess implants is really important in managing these patients long-term in your practice. You know, there's you don't want to be letting these cases go or not treating them the right way and, in fact, or treating them the wrong way, which we've seen in the past and you get cases which get a lot worse you know people who excessively probe around implants you can get tissue loss in those cases or soft tissue loss so it's really important to know how to assess the implants that are coming into your practice they may not be ones you've placed but you still need to know how to review them assess them um, assess if they've got problems and manage them appropriately That's a really good point. You know, a lot of the people listening are students, graduates or relatively early in their career. Some would certainly be placing implants, but not everyone. But that's no excuse not to assess, manage and care for those patients and their implants. Yeah, I think that applies to all areas of dentistry where, you know, you need to be able to assess and treatment plan appropriately. You know, you can't just, uh, just because you don't have knowledge in one particular area doesn't mean uh, the patient should be shortchanged. So, you know, when it comes to implants, when you're reviewing these cases, if there are problems, they need to be managed early and they need to be managed correctly. So, if you start to see bone loss at an implant, it's really important to get that managed, you know, within the first month or two. So, not to cause ongoing bone loss because these things sometimes can progress quite rapidly. Mm. Tell us a bit about um, assessing the bone height for implants that you see in your practice. So, the two things that I use routinely are appearance. So, the appearance of soft tissue, I look to see that they're pink, 
they're clean. There's not a lot of debris in the area. I look to I look to see that they're nice and thick. So I want to see thick keratinized tissue. And the second thing, and probably the most important thing, is a bite wing. And I know a bite wing only gives you a two-dimensional view, but it often gives us a very good idea of where the bone height is relative to the implant. So we're often comparing bone height relative to implant threads. So we're trying to see if year on year has the bone dropped an implant thread or two or not at all. Mm-hmm. And so the best way to do that is with a bite ring. If you try and use a PA with any angulation, your measurement's going to be off and your criteria for comparing it on a six monthly or 12 monthly basis will be off. So use a bite wing and use it routinely every time to assess bone height. And if you start to see some loss, then it's important to gently probe in those cases. And I mean, not not like we do around the tooth where you can probe quite deeply or heavily. Implants or even the abutment of an implant, the little head that the crown connects to, you get soft tissue attachment in those areas. And it's not like a tooth where that attachment is quite strong and can regrow quite quickly. It takes a bit of time and the attachment is quite weak and you've got circumferential fibers. So probing around the head of an implant should not be done routinely, hmm. right? I know some people say you can do it, but you've got to do it gently. But if you're a beginner and you don't know how to probe, then I don't want you probing around an implant that I've placed because I'm worried that you're going to start breaking that attachment around the head and that can then cause a little bit of bone loss in a three to six month period. So if you do see that there's um, something going on though, you do want to then confirm that. Is that right? With a very light probe? Yeah, 100%. You need to confirm it. And in those cases, where you find the deficit, you may probe a little bit harder to see how deep that deficit is, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Usually that's done under a little bit of local anesthetic. But if it's a case where... Um, the soft tissue looks nice and pink and there's just a little bit of bone loss relative to the, you know, when the implant was placed, but it looks stable and there's no sign of inflammation, there's no bleeding on brushing or probing, then I'm not going to annoy that case. But if I see a case where there might be like a little angular bony defect on one side or I'm seeing something where the bone starts to look quite radiolucent in an area and I'm concerned but usually the soft tissue will tell you something as well. So mm. um, if there is infection or inflammation, soft tissue will give you some indication, even just by the color of it. Looking at the color of the soft tissue can be really important. So you're looking for obviously redness or inflammation, but the cyanotic look? Yeah, 100%. Like implant tissue may have like a gray hue to it anyway. Mm. So you need to differentiate that being a normal thing and then seeing kind of either a red or a or a purple type gingival area or, you know, usually you'll see, uh, you might see a sinus track opening or something like that. That's yeah. usually how implants will start off. But radiographically will be that first sign where we see that there's a little bit of loss and often can lead us to look into other areas. But if you don't know how to manage those, then, you know, once you assess bone loss on a bite wing, then it might be worthwhile sending it to your periodontist or the or a dentist who knows how to manage these cases. Clear aligners have revolutionised the way we can provide aesthetic and orthodontic results to our patients. 
Many of us want to get into this field and provide these options for our patients, but are not sure where to start. That's where Aorta, Aesthetic, Orthodontic and Restorative Training Academy comes in. Their online course, Aorta Essentials, is made to give you the foundations to take the first step. They also provide a number of live courses around Australia to help build on those foundations. With an unbiased approach, Aorta will show you the pros and cons of all the aligner systems. Get started at aortaaustralia.com.au. Thank you, Aorta, for supporting dental students and graduates, and thank you for supporting the Dental Head Start podcast. With regards to our bite wing, so we're using that to get a reproducible level of where the bone is. What is a normal amount of bone loss we might see around an implant for, for beginners to understand So and me to understand? <laughs> so it depends on the implant, but really these days with conical connection implants, so that's where kind of the implant connects or the restoration connects to the inside of the implant. So back in the days, it used to be like a butt joint where it was head of the implant straight onto the restoration. Um, now it's we've got a kind of internal connection. So what that allows is the connection between kind of the restoration piece and the implant to be slightly away from bone, right? So mm-hmm. even if it's just mm-hmm. a little bit, that platform shifted. So these days we expect there to be little loss, you know, up to 0.5 millimeters in the first six to 12 months in these, like when you're using these types of abutment connections or implants, that can increase in cases where you start to see issues. Um, Usually you'll get your loss as soon as you put the abutment or the restoration on. So you'll get, that's when you'll get Mm. the loss. You might not get that loss when you first place the implant. The loss comes when the restoration goes on or the abutment piece goes on. Do you expect to see um, ongoing bone loss? I guess in those patients where you've seen them, they've had an implant placed elsewhere and come to you it's a couple of years old. Not notable bone loss, no. So you shouldn't see, you know, there. don't get me wrong, there's research which says you can expect up to, you know, 0.1 millimeters to 0.2 or even sometimes more per year every year. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And if you extrapolate that over 10, 10 years, that says you should lose one millimeter over 10 years, right, mm-hmm. at minimum. You know, we've got cases where, you know, people that I work for or associates have placed implants 10, 15 years ago and you're not seeing those dramatic types of losses but you can expect very mild losses which shouldn't be radiographically evident, you know, six months on six months. might be radiographically evident if you look on a three or four-year scale but it shouldn't be radiographically evident if you're looking six-monthly or 12-monthly. Right, shouldn't yeah. be that obvious. If you're seeing something that's that obvious, that's when you should start maybe being concerned or maybe refer to someone who can assess it better. Especially hard because sometimes these tissues, right, tissue around an implant, especially if it's grafted, is very fibrotic. What that means is doesn't have a lot of blood supply, it's very avascular, is very unlikely to show signs of disease early. You know, you got to remember that when you're looking at these cases, they might not show disease that quickly, and so you got to get on top of that. Um, and that's it makes sense because of the the structure of which the tissue usually is around implants. It's different to normal tissue around teeth. So, if we do see these issues, we're seeing bite wings with some bone loss, or we're seeing those changes in the gums. We really want to get on top of that pretty early, um, using our bite wings to assess it and referring it to someone who can manage it, or managing and learning how to do it ourselves. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, it's quite tough to manage these cases, especially if you're going to start putting scalars around implant heads and things like that. You got to get, you got to be really careful with what you're doing. So, it's not something I recommend 
as a kind of if you start to see issues. So I have no problem if in your six-month routine you're just profiting around implants that are healthy. Mm. But if you start to see a lack of health and you're a beginner, you need to refer that straight away because that can lead to serious issues quickly. That's that's fantastic advice. This one's been packed with a few different tips and um, I really appreciate you sharing with that, that with us, Matthew. No problems. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening to the Dental Head Start podcast. I genuinely hope this is helping you become a better dentist. So if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe on your podcast player and I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to social media and share something that you've appreciated from us with one of your friends. That's how the word gets out. That's how more people gain and benefit from what we're doing. And if you're a dental student or a graduate and you want to get a head start, go to dentalheadstart.com to find everything we're doing to help dental students become great dentists.